Welcome to the Utah Podcapalians. This is the podcast of our unique diocese in this, the unique land of Utah. Now our guest is an iconic treasure of the diocese, the Reverend Libby Hunter. Now she has spent her ordained ministry as a deacon advocating for those who live in the margins, those who need a voice in government and society, and those who are Christ instructed us to remember. And I welcome you, Deacon Libby. Thank you, Craig. And you know, this is a special time to talk to you because not only do we find Deacon Libby at the Cathedral Church of St. Mark, you find her at the Capitol during the legislature. You find her at rallies, at meetings, well, all over town. I think I've seen you 30, 40, 50 different places. Whenever there are people gathered looking for justice, social justice, and like it or not, it is the time for our legislature, and that's a good place to start. Can a person make a difference? Can one person actually make a difference in Utah? I truly think they can. And I'll quote my former representative, Roz McGee, who said, if she received a letter or an email, not a, not a carbon copy, not a form letter, not something that was printed off and just signed, but a real letter from the heart. She said if she received five or more letters on any topic, she knew she had to pay attention. So if there's, if there's an issue that you really care about, you certainly can find four friends that would also send something to one of your representatives or senators, and they will listen. They may not act the way you want them to act, but you'll get, you'll get their attention. But you can also go up to the Capitol and speak in the meetings. And I'll I can tell you about that too. It is interesting that um, even in these days, these days of intensive security, sadly with intensive security that is needed, you still can go up and stand outside <laughs> and give a notice and your, yep. your representative or senator um, has the opportunity to come out. How does that work? How does that process work? Well, you can go to either the Senate or the House and there are people sitting there that will give you the forms to fill out and you write the name of the person you would like to talk to and what the topic is and they'll send it in. And if, if they're not on floor time or in a committee meeting, they will very often come out and talk to you. But another way that you can make an impact is actually to go in and sign up to speak at one of the committees. And that's easily done. And um, if you don't have the time to do that, you can also Zoom all the meetings. So I can tell you about all of those options too. I think a lot of people become intimidated. Um, now you are not a person I've ever seen as intimidated, but I know that it it, it can happen. Um, and and yet at all the hearings that I've witnessed, uh, they do want to hear from, shall we say, the common among us, don't they? Yeah. And, you know, I think what we forget, and, and I've been very intimidated by a lot of the people up there, but one of the things to remember is they have hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of bills that, that are brought to them to review. The budget alone, I just looked at it this morning, is 500 pages. So mm -hmm. how many people that are going to show up um, on the 16th when the first day of the legislature are going to read all 500 pages of the budget? Probably not many of them. But one of the things that you have to keep remembering is you'll have a, say a farmer from San Pete County who may not know anything about exclusionary zoning in the city, in Salt Lake City. 
you may have a passion about that. You may want um, an apartment building in your neighborhood, or you may not want an apartment building in your neighborhood. What you need to know is that person from Sam County may not have that background that you have. So if you can talk to them calmly and professionally and with background and with information that's honest and fair and correct, you can help them make a decision. Um, I think we forget they have so many bills to, to read that they aren't experts on everything. You may have a person that's that your representative may not know anything about um, drugs. My representative happens to be a big advocate for naloxone and, and, um, and, and drug uh, legislation. But if you have a representative or senator that doesn't know about those things and you're an expert at it, or you have a child or you have a family member or you are a person who's been involved with that, they need to hear something from your heart about why the legislation is important. And, and if it's from a person that has experience and has a background in it, it, it matters to them to hear that. So it sounds like you've had some successes. Uh, and sometimes I, I know you, it takes two or three sessions of people talking before somebody acts uh, in a way that perhaps you feel is uh, a part of what we believe in our religion or what we believe in our hearts on certain social justice matters. But well, do you have an example of success that you've had? Uh, I, I can think of one when Bishop Scott and I went over to the governor's mansion and laid down on the sidewalk and they chalked around us. As, and so when we got up, it looked like it's a you know, crime, scene, crime scene, Salt Lake City. And it was about, uh, we were advocating for uh, Medicaid expansion and it did work. But so we had all the advocates lined up out on the sidewalk and they traced around us. And then when we left, it looked like there'd been like a hundred bodies out there on the sidewalk. It was pretty effective. Well, that is definitely one that Medicaid expansion, um, it had been voted down two, three legislative sessions and I know that um, the Episcopal Church and many volunteers, as well as the bishop at the time, um, actually uh, went out and gathered signatures yes. and got it right. on the ballot. And Utah was one of the few states that uh, yeah. was able to pass and has Medicaid expansion. So that, that obviously is a, a tremendous success story. And it was, I know, a lot of people such as you that would uh, testify at times. But on those other cases, how do you feel and how do you keep from feeling defeated when you know that you're going against the current and and as we know that we have to advocate certain social justice? And I, I do remind that our, our uh, diocesan convention and our national convention, general convention, passes resolutions of what we believe or what the majority believe in such areas as gun violence and such areas that you mentioned, perhaps some um, rights, inclusionary rights and things uh, of people. And, and I know there are times that um, you do feel defeated. How do you keep from feeling defeated uh, and, and going up time after time and watching what you believe in uh, defeated? I think it's, Remembering the things that did work, remembering the funding that went um, to housing, to supported housing, to behavioral health, 
to Medicaid expansion to people working to have the elimination of the state portion of the sales tax. We're one of the few states that still taxes food. Um, and, and so just remembering that we have succeeded and remembering people that went before us, like Martha Hughes Cannon, our, our health department building is named after her. The first woman Senator in the United States uh, defeated her husband when she ran against him in Utah. So, you know, if we have icons like that who are willing to speak out against the trends and against their culture, against their, their city, against their family, and against, uh, in that case, against what her religion believed in. There are times that I think there we feel, uh, I shouldn't use the word safety in numbers, but maybe safety and expression in numbers. Um, are there some groups that you would recommend that we contact, uh, let's say in areas of hunger or in areas of inclusiveness, or whatever that maybe you could volunteer with first and say you would like to go to the legislature because they often track the bills yeah. and will go up there. What are some of the areas that you would recommend, some of the groups? I would, first of all, I would talk about the um, Faith Advocacy Coalition that is sponsored through Crossroads Urban Center. And it's a good thing you asked, it's timely. On Thursday, January 18th at 10 o'clock in the morning, we'll be meeting in the governor's board and the, excuse me, the Capitol boardroom uh, to talk about bills that have to do with hunger and homelessness. And legislators have been invited. We'll have ad advocacy groups there. We'll have students talking. We'll have uh, hopefully have some people talk that have experienced uh, being unhoused and experienced being hunger and needing to use food pantries and food systems throughout the city and the state. That would be a wonderful time. So join us at the Capitol on January 18th in the Capitol boardroom. And parking is um, non-existent, basically. <laughs> <laughs> Excuse me. <clears throat> Bus 200. So if you park at the diocese or at St. Mark's, just walk through the parking lot behind Harmon's to 50 South State Street and take Bus 200. All the buses, all Bus 200s go up to the Capitol to the east side Coming back down, if you want to get off, at take, make sure you take the bus 200 from Murray. And it will just drop you right off across from Harmons. And and if and it's you free. Are, oh, it it's is. Free. That's good to know. I did not yeah. know that it was free. Um, wow. And if you're watching this after that deadline of um, January 18th, it still would be good to contact Crossroads and Bill Tibbetts and the group. Yes. There. Right. They do a wonderful job on on um, keeping track of these bills. And you have a way to keep track too, don't you, on what's coming up in hearings? How do you do that? Well, the, the best thing is, for example, if you have a topic or a specific bill, if you know about a specific bill that you want to follow, go to le.utah.gov, le.utah.gov. And that's the legislative website. So if you go there, you can find bills for the House and Senate. You can find um, the code. You can find the budget. You can find all the committees. They have a special tracking service. So for example, if, um, if you have, uh, say you're a licensed clinical social worker and you wanna find out something about behavioral health licensing, we hear there's a bill, we wanna know what it's about. So you can go into that le.utah.gov and put in behavioral health licensing. And it will pop up and show you that there's Senate bill, I looked it up, Senate bill 26. 
So if you look up Senate Bill 26, it'll tell you who the sponsors are, what committee it will go to, um, when that committee is scheduled, when you can go up and speak if you want to speak. You can track all the activities. So when you pick out a bill that you're interested in, you just put in your, your um, email and you'll get notices whenever that bill, any action on the bill, whether it's voted on, whether it's amended, whether it's gone to a committee. And, and bills, if people aren't familiar with the legislative process, the bills have to go from the House over to the Senate. And then if they're approved at the Senate, they go back to the House to be, to be voted on. Same with the Senate. They have a bill that's a Senate bill. Once it's approved, it gets to go to the House to be approved. And then they go back and forth till everybody, and then it's voted on. So if you want to know all the actions that are happening on a bill, just sign up for tracking service. And it's all under that. I think the first thing that's on that website is bills. And then it's legislators and then committees. You can also go to that same website and it will tell you um, under legislators, you have to fill in your address and your zip code. If you don't know who your legislator is, it'll tell you immediately, bring up a map and their pictures. You can look at a seating map. So when you're in the gallery, you know where they're sitting. Um, you know who to send the notes into. And, and as, a, as a little note on the notes or on your email or on your letters, make sure you sign it and say from your constituent. That's an important keyword. They, it's, it's important that anybody can write to them, but if you're somebody that votes for them, you've really got their attention. So if you send an email, put the subject like behavioral health licensing uh, and under, you know, from your constituent, behavioral health licensing. And if you send in a note and you want them to come out and talk to you, put from your constituent, Craig Worth. And, and then they will know it's somebody that they need to pay attention to because you vote for them. And that's, that's a really key little note to remember. You know, I think it's interesting that um, our legislature, uh, and, and there's none of, I don't think anyone agrees with them 100% of the time, or some might even say 10% of the time, or, but I, I'll have to say for those of us who have lived elsewhere, um, and I used to cover the, uh, capital at the state of Wisconsin. Um, so I know there, and I can say that I've never seen a legislature that's so easy to become involved with, to speak with, uh, unbelievably easy yes. to become part of the process, to learn about it. Mm -hmm. Even as a reporter, when I uh, worked in Wisconsin and I remember even covering New Jersey and New York, it was virtually impossible to find out what's going on, yeah. but they make it easy because they want to hear from you, don't they? Utah has one of the best, uh, they've been lauded all over the country, one of the best online access to the legislature, either to find out about committees, to find about sponsors, to find the legislators. Um, you can go in and find out when a committee is taking place. Say you want to go health and human services. You can look at the agenda for the committees, whether they get canceled for the ice cream social or not. <laughs> but you can find out whether the committees is happening, the date, what's on their schedule. And you can show up and tell them that you would like to be a speaker. You can sign up to be a speaker. And they, if, it, they may have to limit it to five speakers or 10 speakers or two minutes, but you can sign up and be there as a representative speaking out on a topic you care about. It's all very interesting. And now that we know you can do it, let's talk about some topics. What are some things 
you see as a deacon, you see as somebody who is in the community, you see in your work at the library where you see a cross-section of people coming in and leaving, what are some of the things in Utah, obviously growth related, expense related, what, but what do you see that you think would be compatible with those of us who profess the Christian religion or another religion? And certainly this is a time that people work together, the round table, the faith round table, various groups, um, wonderful coalitions of people. What are some of the topics that we should be looking at? Well, I, I think top of the agenda for a lot of people is gonna be the environment, issues about water, um, issues about homelessness, uh, people who are unsheltered, people who need housing. And there's still on the table <clears throat> legislation to build um, a, a pipeline from Lake Powell to St. George. There are people who have strong feelings about taking more water out since there's only about, I guess, about a third of the water in the reservoir, taking that water out to send it hundreds of miles to St. George where people say, you know, they aren't even implementing good water conservation tactics. And that's that's a bill that not only the people in Washington County will be paying for, the billions and billions and billions of dollars that have been estimated, it's gone up every year since they proposed that, are gonna be paid for by taxpayers statewide in perpetuity. They will pay forever. That will never be paid off. And so there are issues like that that, that people are concerned about. Um, issues about neighborhoods. I, you know, and I'm, I'm guilty of a lot of this because I just finished reading a book, Poverty by America. And he talked about the fact that as middle class, uh, upper middle class, upper class white people in the United States, we have a lot of uh, privilege that we forget about. And one is the fact that the taxes for the upper class and the middle class are not taxed anywhere near like the people that are at a poverty level. Um, I have a 529 account for my uh, niece's kids and for my grandchildren, and I get a tax break on that. And one of the things he pointed out in that book is as a person who's, who's put money in a 529 account for those kids college, I, sh I shouldn't be able to get $150 off for each one of them every year because that's giving me a subsidy. And they're saying, that we don't recognize all the subsidies we have that uh, and the, the people that are at the poverty level and below or at middle class and lower middle class, they don't have those same kind of benefits. And one of the other things they pointed out was that there is not enough money going to the tax commissions and the IRS for them to actually collect the taxes. And they said in that book, what he said, it's a very current book just came out. He said that there is enough, there are enough unpaid taxes that people know about that if the money were put in to, to prosecute and persecute, persecute, to prosecute people for the unpaid taxes, we could eliminate poverty in the United States. Wow. Really? Yeah. Read Poverty by America. It's terrifying. Poverty by America. Let's, let's take a look at that. And I know you have familiarity with taxes too. So, but that, that is a fascinating subject to to look at, um, I guess you come to a question too, and that is, here you are, a deacon in the Episcopal Church, you're 
ordained to serve the Lord. Um, and there are going to be those that say, oh, wait a minute, wait a minute. What does church and government have to do with each other? Why should we as a church even be doing a podcast talking about government, talking about advocating? Isn't that for the politicians? No, I don't think so, because I think we have a different perspective. Uh, you know, deacons are supposed to bring the church to the world and then bring the world into the church. So we're not all just sitting around looking at the prayer book and, and um, thinking about hymnals. And one of the things they say about deacons is we're supposed to comfort the afflicted, but also to afflict the comfortable. So if there's something that I didn't want to hear about having my taxes uh, increased because I have a higher income than my neighbor three blocks away who lives on the west side, that I, I I'm comfortable and I need to be afflicted by that. I need to realize that the tax structure is not equitable, that I'm being given a benefit. And because of that benefit, people that, that are not given those privileges and those benefits are suffering. And I need to be aware of that. And we're called to that. And, and there, there's no faith community with which I've been involved that does not have something in their scriptures or in their holy books that talks about exactly that, about caring for and holding up the people that don't have the privileges and the comforts that we have. So it very much um, is, is a part of your, um, in our case, Christian background, but it's also in so many religions. And, mm -hmm. and that is something I have also noticed in Utah. When you go to the legislature, there is, um, I don't know, I've probably seen 15, 20 different religious uh, background people mm -hmm. who are there representing what they believe in their heart from their religious background, uh, mm -hmm. whether it's Judaism, whether it's Christianity, uh, Muslim yep. people, yep. so many. Uh, and, and of course, our, uh, our friends from the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints will be sitting next to you, uh, an ordained Episcopalian, sitting next to somebody uh, from another religion. And it's... It, it brings you a feeling in your heart that's pretty good, doesn't it? To know that we're there and it isn't necessarily us versus them when it comes to the legislature. It's, it is something where it's our, I guess, not only our right, but our obligation. Do you look at it that way? Absolutely. I mean, you have Jay Jacobson from the synagogue who's up there advocating is probably one of the greatest experts in the state about hate crimes. They'll listen to him because He's honest and he knows what he's talking about and he has the background and he's credible. And th that's the kind of person that a legislator needs to hear from. They don't know everything about hate crimes, but if you wanna know about hate crimes, you ask Jay Jacobson. We are in a state that is growing. You mentioned hate crimes. You mentioned um, all the way down to apartments in your neighborhood, uh, which of course, those of us and who are familiar with Salt Lake City know what that means. It's like uh, uh, every block in, in downtown, particularly. Um, do you see as we transition to a large urban state, even in cities that we used to think of as rural, St. George comes to mind, Cedar City, certainly Utah County and 
those of us who remember fruit orchards in uh, uh, Davis County mm -hmm. and remember when Orchard Street had orchards and uh, yeah. all those. Is the time now that we have reached a critical crossroads that we really need to look at the issues and as uh, Episcopalians or whatever religion, we need to examine what is our purpose as a steward of the earth here. Absolutely, and in the diocese passed years ago at convention um, to support the Red Rock uh, initiatives about the creation, creation and the environment. And I think that was an important step. And I think we went out and, and talked about that publicly. Um, that whole idea of population and and uh, intensity and how many people we can support. Do we have enough water? And when I look around all the apartment buildings that are being built and all the golf courses that are being built and the new resorts that are being built, can we sustain that? Can we uphold that? Can we? Do we have enough water? Do we have enough electricity? A lot of the electricity we have that's, that's um, formed in Utah gets sent to California. And we have people on the border of Nevada in Utah that want to use the the uh, resources there for Nevada and California. And I think we need that those are front of mind. I think that they're very critical issues. I know less about energy consumption and, and, and conservation, uh, but there are people who are experts in that. And and um, they're up at the legislature talking too. You know, this this uh, time has just gone by so quickly, and I know there's a list of subjects that uh, all the way that you've advocated. I mean, you you mentioned at one point the uh, uh, the zoo taxes or the zoo uh, and you've got libraries. I don't know what issue you're not involved in. I mean, you're in the arts. I see you at uh, whether it's ballets, whether it's opera, whether it's the zoo, whether I don't know. There isn't any topic that uh, even soccer, but that's a whole other subject. <laughs> which <laughs> I won't start debating that because then we can then we get really, we don't we? But is there any lasting thing you would like to say to the uh, people of um, of our church, to the people of Utah who look to you as a deacon, as somebody who has dedicated your life to this uh, advocacy. Is there anything that, um, I know I'm putting you on the spot, but anything you would like to say? I, I will do a little plug for uh, maybe some format about what happens at the legislature. If people haven't been there, what they might wanna know is the legislature, generally speaking, I mean, there's gonna be a day when there's a state of the union and the first day they're gonna have the introduction on the 16th. So the schedule will be kind of up in the air. But most days they meet eight to five. They'll have standing committees. And so there'll be a business committee and a natural resources committee and a health and human services committee. Uh, there are all kinds of committees. You can go to those committee meetings, but then interspersed in the day, usually from about 11 till 12 and about 1.30 till two o'clock, roughly, they have what they call floor time. And that's when you can be in the galleries watching them on the floor of the House and the Senate. You can observe, anybody can go sit in the galleries and watch the debate. And I just wanted to point out again that uh, when you go to that le.utah.gov, there's also 
videos that show you if you aren't able to go there in person, you can watch the, the legislative sessions, you can watch the voting board and see how your representatives and, and senators have voted so you can keep track of what's happening. But I, Craig, I truly do believe the individual can make a difference. And I, I think that's the only thing we can do. I, we're, I'm committed to people voting and, and, and people speaking out and standing up for the things that matter to them. And I do believe you can be heard. And I think it's important. The only rule I think we've broken in this whole dialogue today is people should have been doing this back in the summer because now the legislature will start on January 16th and end on March 1st. It's a it's a short-term, part-term legislature. But if you really want to make a difference, start establishing a relationship with your congressperson, with your legislators, your senators and, and representatives earlier in the year. Now it's they've got too much coming at them. Hundreds and hundreds of bills, 500 page budget bill, um, budget piece. But if you go to the sub appropriation subcommittees, then you can find about how, how they want to have the budget set up. And you can speak out on that. Wow. Well, now you know why those of you who did not know Deacon Libby Hunter, the Reverend Libby Hunter, Elizabeth, uh, uh, formerly, but I don't think anybody has ever called you that. I've never heard. It's always Libby. Um, and you will find out why indeed she is an iconic treasure of our diocese and certainly somebody who has made a difference in this world and has made a difference in our diocese and certainly in our state. And you've been listening to the Utah Podcapalians, a podcast from the Diocese of Utah. And I'm Craig Wirth of the Diocese. This has been so informative, enjoyable, and delightful. Thanks a lot. Thank you.